You know, Joyce and I use the expression about cringeworthy moments, and today's topic is certainly one of those, and that is we've all experienced trying something for the first time, putting on ice skates and going out on the ice, putting on skis and going down the smallest of hills, and how intimidating and embarrassing and discouraging oftentimes when you try something out new for the first time. And this is where we go in the organizational context. If we're all committed to learning organizations and helping people grow, how do we set it the, the expectation that not only may you go back before you can step forward, but normalizing the fact that failure and looking a little foolish is all part of it. So Joyce and I tease out some principles of learning that will help answer these questions and facilitate better learning in all organizations. So come on in, grab a snack, welcome. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Joyce, good morning. Have you, have you grabbed a cup of coffee? I've got my cup of coffee. I, I It's Mardi Gras day. I haven't put on my Mardi Gras beads yet, but that oh gives me something to look forward to. Oh, let's not even touch that topic. <laughs> Hello, listeners from all over the world. We are really pleased to have a broad international um, group of people that tune in and listen. And we would love to have you let us know who you are and how to get hold of you so that you can come on and um, be a guest. So I just had to start this session three times because I was awkward and couldn't get it right. Couldn't get out of my own way. And Bob and I had been talking and he'd been helping me learn how to do a good Zoom call, how to set it up, because I always have every other people set it up. And Bob had just gotten back from Mexico where he had been trying out his new Spanish. Therefore, we began to riff, and I'm going to let Bob take this, about how awkward the first learning can be and how foolish you feel and how necessary it is to make space for that. Bobby, it's all yours. Yeah. Yeah, this, this goes by uh, a lot of names, uh, but what's struck me in, in the story that Joyce just shared, her getting signed it on the Zoom for the first time and knowing how to set up a meeting and then open a meeting, and me just really flubbing. Uh, I had spent the last year learning new Spanish words and conversations, and, and I get into the real environment uh, where people speak exclusively Spanish. And I realized how clunky it is, meaning I'm better than I was before in terms of speaking Spanish. But when I get into that setting, I, I find my inadequacy more real now than, than before. So if I think about OD, I think about HR, whether it's an organization, whether it's a leader that wants to learn uh, a new way of leading or a different way of leading, unremarkably, oftentimes, there's regression that, that 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 things get worse before they get better and and i think that has all kinds of implications for we creating a learning organization and what expectations we set when we shift whether it be the culture whether it be leadership development um i think there's always this high expectation of immediate improvement and that wish only gets dashed because oftentimes uh, things get worse. Uh, and uh, Brene Brown, uh, what does she call it? Uh, uh, FFT. Uh, I'll just do the first and the last word. 
F uh, first middle word time. And um, uh, the middle word rhymes with um, bucking. So first time. And, and the point is, she's saying it's excruciating when you do something for the first time. And oftentimes it's, uh, it's a real failing forward. So that's, that's kind of my setup, Joyce. And uh, so what are, and what, what are your what, thoughts? And what on earth to do, what on earth to do with it? Yeah. I, I, if, if you are being coached and the, let's say you're high level and being looked at for CEO, even you don't want to look, you don't want to show the mistakes Unless, I, so what I was thinking of, why don't we declare more? Hey, I'm in a learning mode. I, I have a friend who has been, has a habit of saying some things that make her sound more negative than she is. And I pointed it out and she said, well, then I just won't talk to you. <laughs> this is my dear <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we softened and she now notices this particular set of words that is off-putting. Anyway, um, our, my, my first response is I fail out in front is to never try again and to freeze unless I let people know I'm learning. This is going to be weird. This is going to be awkward or just like I felt really embarrassed about setting up a Zoom with you. And when yeah. you announced to the world... <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't know how to set up a Zoom. I did know how to be on one and respond. I just never called the meetings. So yeah. when you said that, I was embarrassed in front of our listeners. So what to do with that is from the from curriculum to interpersonal relationships, what do you do with that learning moment? It's just so uncomfortable you'd rather not learn. It's and and I think that often becomes the default. You you just said something that to me was a powerful metaphor for what I think we're getting at. You you talked about you go on the computer and it may be a game, it may be a new application, and you go into learning mode. Mm -hmm. And learning mode essentially freezes any kind of uh like negative feedback. So you go into a game in your learning mode. You may die six times, but it doesn't let you die. It 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 helps you learn, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know. And and learning mode when learning a new uh, software or whatever, you go into learning mode, and it's basically saying there's nothing you can do that's going to destroy either your computer or this application. And so to me, it's like how do you build in, much like they do in computer games and computer applications, a learning mode. Uh, that allows you to fail again and again and again uh, in a way that it, it it helps you bridge that awkward period where things seem to be getting worse before they get better. Uh, and I think it's it's a natural expectation that once someone becomes aware or has a certain uh, training that somehow there'll be this immediate uh, improvement in performance. It just doesn't happen that way. And I, I, the metaphor, I like your metaphor because I was also thinking how when I'm playing a game, I'm what's my obsession right now, break or fun or something like that. Uh, right when I, it, 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 it is designed that I win every once in a while. Yes. Or the increments are not hopeless or there's some way that keeps you 
going supports that you can buy like oh buy some more bowling balls buy some buy some more angry birds that there's a combination of expectation of not being able to do it but oh you can get a little help and it, yeah and you know what if i think about consequences so you learn or you set the expectation that you're going to learn something new and if i think about impact um, and I'll, I'll give you the example of someone training to become an airline pilot. They spend so much time in that flight simulator. And the reason uh, is obvious because make all your mistakes there. Yeah. Uh, crash that plane 15 times there because th the consequences of not getting it right once you're on an actual plane and flying it is, is too great. So, how do you, from a corporate standpoint, first distinguish, hey, we're going to put Joyce into a new role. And you know what? It's going to demand new ways of her thinking about herself, the role, mm -hmm. about the job itself. And that's fine. She's going to learn as she goes versus saying, we're going to, we're going to make Joyce the CEO of the company tomorrow and immediately thrust on her all the burdens and challenges of moving this organization. That's more acute and immediate. And, and so there's this nuance of saying, what if we accept that there's going to be this kind of failing forward until you become proficient, how do you create uh, a safe space, whether it be a flight simulator or recalibrating the expectations of Joyce in a new role with a new team um, and new challenges? And I, I'm thinking, while you were talking, I was thinking of the 25 CEOs that I've worked with, that some were very good at allowing that learning period. They yeah. weren't punitive. They gave big challenges frequently. You know, it wasn't like uh, flying the plane, but big. So they had to be watched because they couldn't really afford to fail, fail. But there was support, conversations, a picking up of the phone. The support was a very light touch. And, well, Hugh Farrington of Hannaford was a very good CEO who allowed the time, the space, the whatever for learning. And he generated a lot of good leaders. So the other thing is when in one meeting I was with um, two companies that were going to integrate and you could feel that they were just all frozen. I felt it when I walked into the room, I got terrified. <laughs> I went, oh, <laughs> oh this involves a lot of money and a lot of success and whoa. And um, you could just tell it had an atmosphere of not just fear, but awkwardness, like putting on going to the prom for the first time. <laughs> yeah. They didn't yeah. feel real. They felt postured, and I know that I knew that none of them were authentically that way. And so I, which I shared my awkwardness. I said, I know we're going to have important conversations, and I really want to support those. And I am afraid of offending because I know half the room well, and half of the room, I don't know you at all. So yeah. I'm going to ask a favor. I would really love it if everybody would share their personal failure that still makes you crazy. 
<laughs> and I started, I can't remember what mine was, but pretty soon um, they were sharing operational things like a pigs coming into the store or buying too many turkeys for Thanksgiving, you know, as a buyer. Everybody had a hysterically funny story to tell. And we laughed and, and became real. But yeah. uh, so there is that element, too, of scare is when you are pretending to be competent and you aren't yet and how to take away that pretense to say, yeah, well, well it's, I'm learning. Well, well, it's and I'm sure when you did that exercise, you have to wear t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you share when you share that exercise and people tell their stories. Yeah. It, it, it it almost normalized the fact in in the in the course of us in our careers and our lives, we're, when we're trying something new, we're going to flub uh, in yeah. in a major way. There's something that when you were using the example uh, with Hugh, you and I were talking beforehand about compassion, and I think this is a key element of this conversation around whether it's an organization, a person going through uh, a learning phase is one to have compassion for yourself. Um, you know, and, and that means, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, oh, be what's willing that? To Talk to me about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm is a learner. Is that a learner concept? Well, you know, it goes back to one of the episodes when I was talking about learning pickleball and I would get so mad at myself. And it's like, Bobby, Bobby, why did you do that? And it's like, you're learning, you clown. Get yeah. good with it. Yeah. It's not like you celebrate your flubs. You, you, you know that that's part of the, pr the process. So that's compassion for yourself, uh, a often foreign concept for me. And as the leader that you described, what I was hearing in your saying the way that it went is that person's compassion and getting that this is where you are. And, oh, by the way, it's normal, and it's going to be more than fine. Um, the other thing I think that helps is to learn out loud. It mean, yeah. Meaning, I proclaim to you, I, I am like a third grader. I can't. I don't know how to set up a Zoom meeting. I've, I've sent out the invitation. And then last night I got into bed and said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I know how to be the host. <laughs> and this is with my kids. Um, who are all very proficient, but I keep leaning on them and I wanted to be the adult in the room, yeah. the, the elder in the room. So proclaiming out loud, and I like that we did at one point develop the principles and values and behaviors for a learning organization yeah. across various companies. And the theme song was Proud Learner, Humble Teacher. Yeah. And if you can keep those principles in play, it's a pretty good equation. It really is. It really is. I'm pausing. A, mo a moment of reflection. Yeah. So th this may irk uh, our listeners that happen word. to be. Yeah, irking. I, I, a very underutilized word. But yes. at the risk of irking some of our yeah. listeners, particularly coaches, the bane of my existence as a coach working externally into an organization is that I'm brought in for a period of time. They're paying uh, me a lot of money to work with an individual or a team that their expectation is the outcomes should look like X. 
Mm-hmm. And so let's say it's a three month, a six month uh, coaching gig. You know, I would set up the expectation that where they're saying, we want to see progress right away. There's a lot on the line. Mm-hmm. This person's running yeah. a division. And I would say, you know, just so you know, things may get worse before they get better. Mm-hmm. And and so all the things you were saying, uh, you know, proud learner, humble teacher, having cutting slack. Uh, but it's something that we as coaches, we don't want to say that because we want to show that not only uh, their decision to hire you was right, but I'm going to make improvement with this person, the likes of which you've never seen. Yes, but it's going to take time and mm-hmm. time, not in hours or weeks or months. In some cases, it's years. So how did you handle that? Well, I, you know, it's my it's, experience ex- as an external coach. I know. I kept the person who was hired. I had to remember the person yeah. who hired me. They're my client. Yeah. N- not. N- it was. Yeah. That's who I had to please. So then I yeah. had to work that relationship of being truthful. How much time will it take? Setting up co meetings a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'll get. It's another, it's an, it's walking carefully among the participants. Yeah. So I think level setting expectations uh, is a delicate dance because you want to be able to show that you can make progress, that you're proficient as a coach. But I think to somehow create these, uh, these made up imaginary timelines to see this feels good in the moment because you're kind of, hey, we, we're creating a metric, we're creating a goal posts, where we want to go, all those sports metaphors. But in a learning mode, it doesn't always work that way. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, last December, I got a uh, email from a, a person that I had coached, a top executive. Um, and I'm going to say this before the pandemic. So it's probably 2017, 28, 2018. And she was retiring at the end of 2023. And so she sent me this email to say, Bob, a couple things. You know, I'm I'm finally uh, making the decision. I'm going to retire at the end of this year. And oh, by the way, all the things that we worked on when you and I were coaching together, I want you to know that I finally got it. <laughs> and, and, and her point was, I didn't get it during our six months together. I didn't even get it like in the the six months following, but she wanted me to know that she saw the light and she, you know, failed as we've been describing, but only she got it. So that was, it made me feel good, but it kind of reinforced she was going through a huge adaptive change in her leadership, not like be a little bit more detailed and, you know, show up on time for meetings. None of that. This is a big shift. She was taking that leap that what got her to where she was wasn't going to get her where she needed to be. Always so learned. She had a reservoir of learned behavior. Yeah, that yes. Feel comfortable and that worked for her. Yes. And suddenly it didn't. That's right. And yeah. So, you know, we're almost at time, but I think we've set up some pretty good questions for our listeners uh, to be thinking about uh, what our the implications pers- of pers- learning. Maybe pull out three or four principles if we can find them. One is they need to have some little bitty support for success. Like when you're playing a game, you have to have some amount of going, you're doing better. 
whatever that is, if it's a measure or cheerleader, you're, you're always going to um, feel, and this ties into imposter, but not perfectly. I don't like that. But you are always going to feel nervous when you're learning. Yes. Or, I, I, yeah, to, to make your point, so that's in terms of reinforcing that principle is uh, I was reading a book on habit change and the author was saying, pick out something wildly unambitious. Mm -hmm. So that whole thing of early wins, get it, you know, so you may yeah. want to run the marathon and uh, you know, she's saying, nah, just, just walk to the, you know, walk to the mailbox every day, every day, wildly unambitious. What's what's another principle? Let people know you're learning. If you're giving a your speech or whatever, say, I'm new to this, so I'm going to look to you for some support. Uh, when I first was at Hannaford, I remember that meeting where I had everybody uh, turn around and face. It was about, it was all the store managers face the wall and then turn around and clap. And yeah. I said, Good, I just need <laughs> some applause before I started because I'm scared. <laughs> And then it got real and it, you know, so. Yeah. A principle that I have uh, is, you know, I think being in a high feedback environment uh, mm -hmm. is oftentimes good. But this is one where that whole compassion thing we were talking about. I, I think that if, if, if the feedback is, is either too sharp or too soon, it can diminish the person's, you know, wanting to to make the change. You know, I'm never going to get this right. It's like it's like playing pickleball. Sorry, folks. It's like playing pickleball with someone who's pretty good, and they're telling you what you did wrong on every shot. You know, that that becomes very discouraging. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm I'm agreeing with you. I have so many thoughts in my head, I can't get them organized, <laughs> which is um, making me know that this topic is very interesting because how do you set loose the energy for learning all the time? The not, the most important concept is learn to embrace discomfort in order yeah. to get what you want and don't expect to do anything important in terms of learning without discomfort. Yeah. I don't know if it's a, yeah, I don't, uh, the, the last one, I think it's the last one I've got is, that whole concept of uh, going into learning mode, and and it 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 kind of creates the expectation that failure is going to happen. It creates the expectation that that trial by error that ultimately uh, you know you're going to make those mistakes, but you're going to get better. I think oftentimes learning mode within an organization, it's like you were saying, take take that you know early potential win. So let's work with this group because they're going to be more open to the kind of changes and things that you're talking about versus throwing them to the lions. So I, I think that's an important one, the rule of learning mode and knowing when to apply it. Here is my last statement. Thomas Edison, when asked how he tolerated all those failures, looked up and said, I didn't, it was only feedback. I had no failures. <laughs> I love it. So there. Wow. I think our work is done here. Agreed. Adios. You know, probably one of the biggest takeaways for me in today's conversation is that whole idea of, of you know, computers and games have learning modes. 
And we almost have to have that mindset in the workplace uh, with leaders that are new to their jobs or anyone taking on something for the first time. How do you create a safe space where you're in learning mode and you can make all those mistakes and move forward? The same way that Joyce and I have in the two years we've been doing this podcast, which thank you very much for listening. And until the next time, be well and be safe.